practice insurance. So if if you know these are these are organizations that are actually active, where Christians are actively meeting together to support one another. Um, and like I said, it's just a handful. So what's the purpose of a what's the purpose of a small group? The purpose of a small group in the workplace is to use the workplace as a forum for interaction and connection. It is to engage the culture of the workplace with intentional dialogue and discussion. So building bridges and, and creating uh, opportunities. It is to influence the culture through practical collaborations. It is to use the, um, the Christian or the EDI calendar to organize relevant events sees opportunities to communicate the good news. There would always be opportunities, I can guarantee you that. And where applicable, use the EDI framework as a means for recognition um, of your group in the work. I'm going to give you a few examples of some of the things that, uh, that groups are doing in the workplace. Backless Bank at Canary Wharf, their Christian Forum, uh, they have an annual conference called City Lights Are On. They have speakers um, who are corporate leaders from Barclays, Morgan Stanley, CBRE, the NHS, Linklaters, who come and share how their faith has made a difference to the work that they do. So um, some people might say, you know, it can't be done, but I can assure you that these are organizations where it is being done. Network Real Paddington, they put a poster prayer letter to the staff cafe. Um, they were able, because they're part of the multi-faith um, group, they were able, all of the faiths decided that they wanted to do something in the workplace. So the Christians, of course, used that as an opportunity to say, yes, we want to pray for people. And they put a letterbox in the staff cafe uh, where people can post their prayers. And um, so every time that they meet, every week that they meet, they will go and empty out the post, put letterbox and pray over those prayer uh, requests. And I, I believe that they do see people come back and say, this has happened or that has happened. Super dry, we all know super dry, we love their clothes. Use corporate value, every organization have corporate values. Theirs was family, they use that to organize the Christmas shoebox appeal um, uh, as a group in their workplace. Brent Council, they have a Christian fellowship and they normally use the civic center, uh, the marriage room in the civic center to meet together as a group. Rolls Royce Christian group, they provide, a, they, they, they're very strong in the multi-faith network. They, you know, they're, they're one of the leaders of the multi-faith, which is perfect because that means that they can actually um, be the driving force behind all that's happening. So they provide a platform for constructive and positive interaction between people of different faiths. They promote understanding and dialogue. And also the most important, they prov it provides opportunities to communicate the good news. Because if you can understand that, if all of the faiths are talking, you have the opportunity to talk as well. So it's a, it's a level playing field. Okay, you go first, you say what you have to say. When you're done, I will stand up and tell you what the Christian faith is all about. And that's one of the beauties of the multi-faith network. Uh, Ealing Council, Walkers of Flame, that's the one that I started when I was uh, in Ealing Council. We did so many events, and this is just one of them, Christianity Awareness Week, which we did during the Easter time. Um, this is our staff cafe. People came and got books, Bibles, you know, chatted about um, Christianity. It was amazing. It was very good. SAP is a software company. Some of you may be aware of them. Uh, at Christmas, the Christian group organizes Christmas campers. So people will come, they tell the whole organization, come bring, donate something. We will create Christmas hampers and give it to the, those in, uh, who are needy in the community. So that's what a Christian group is doing. BT, we all know BT. Over 800, they have a Christian network. Over 800, they have over 800 members. I'm sure it's growing in over 20 countries where they meet virtually. Um, they meet locally. They also meet globally. Sometimes they have a global fellowship virtually where everybody all over the world comes uh, and logs in. What have they done? They have a Read the Bible in a Year scheme for staff. They have given away thousands of Bibles to staff. 
They just request, people requested, anybody can request the Bible and they will be sent one if they're a member of the BT staff. They run Alpha for staff. They have a prayer team and they've had opportunity to, um, to influence corporate policy. So this is what, BT is one of the strongest Christian groups actually um, that we know of. BT as well as Brent Council have the biggest Christian groups um, uh, in the nation. So let me go back to that. Sefton Council, Chief Executive. The Chief Executive endorsed the Christian Group and uh, the, the Christian Group organized a uh, Christmas Carol service, which she was very, very impressed with and gave a, um, you know, just gave a talk about how impressed she was with what they did. Christians in Government, this is from Transform Work UK. Um, Christians in Government is the, um, the umbrella for all the Christian groups in, in government in Westminster. Um, so at Christmas and at Easter, they come together, all the senior civil servants come together and they hold a, um, a Christian ceremony, maybe a Christmas service or an Easter service. And it just, is, it just showcases the impact of the Christian groups, even in government, in parliament, in HMI, in all other departments, there's a Christian group represented and Christians in government is the umbrella over them all. So these are just some examples of, of what is happening in the workplace. Um, what, what types of engagements can we do? What are the options that we have? Um, for all staff, we can invite speakers to come and speak to staff, crisis management, uh, crisis support, whether during bereavement, this is a good time to do that. You could you know, organize a, a, a webinar for all staff on you know, bereavement or redundancies. Um, you can do a people management course, a stress management course. You can do talks, have webinars to uh, address all staff organized by the Christian group. You can do a parenting course. You can do a Christians Against Poverty, uh, CAP talk, uh, and so on. You can also organize events, Christmas Easter at Easter, carol service. You can organize a choir, Alpha in the Workplace, Christianity Awareness Week, there's so many scope of what you can do. The EDI is a calendar, is a very good one as well. There's so many events on the calendar. There's the Black History Month, there's the Women's Day, there's the Men's Day, there's Mental Health Awareness Day, Disability Awareness Day. You could use these as platforms to actually do something, you know, organize a talk. Um, invite somebody in to come and do, um, share about something along those lines. Um, you can lead the Motivate Forum. You can have, um, there's so many options, as you can see uh, from this slide. For Christians, you might say, so what are we going to do? What can we do when we come together as Christians? You can organize socials. You can set up a Bible study groups. You can do prayer. You can just pray for the organization and for one another. You can, uh, you can find helpful resources to do to use, uh, Word for Today by UCB, Fruitfulness on the Frontline. There's so much you can do. You can attend training uh, 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 days just like this one. Um, you can find out from Transform Work UK what events they have going on that you can uh, attend. And also, it's also good to find out what are other organizations doing. You can always um, learn from what other organizations are doing in the workplace. And one other aspect of starting a group is actually putting together a business case for recognition. Um, so you might need to talk to your HR department about getting recognized as a staff network. Why is that important? Because it gives you a level playing field with other staff networks. It gives you the ability to participate in EDI initiatives. It gives you access to corporate resources, such as users' time, meeting rooms, notice boards, um, and also to, to HR as well. It gives you the ability to influence decision-making. Um, um, a magistrate, um, uh, one of the magistrates that I heard about, the, a magistrate, just in one of the stories that was going around, that this magistrate decided that so many divorce cases was coming through his, uh, coming to his chambers, he decided that any 
divorce case that comes through his chambers must first go through mediation before they would appear before his, his, his chambers. And this was before the law said that there should be mediation between couples before they go for divorce. So this lawyer, this magistrate decided because he was a Christian and because his heart was breaking for these couples who were at loggerheads with one another, he said, no, before you appear before me, you must go through mediation. And he uh, maybe we don't know how many marriages were saved as a result, but we know that some of them were saved. And that was because his Christian uh, values influenced what he did at work. So these are some of another example of what can be done. Transform Work UK will tell you a little bit more about the business case. Dave Law will be telling you a little bit about that uh, when he comes on. So you want to start a group. What is the first thing you should do? The first thing you should do is pray. Pray for clarity. What, what should we do? What, do we, what can we do in our workplace? Pray for competence, how should we do it? Pray for courage, when should we step out? Pray for the right character and the right attitude so that you are doing it with humility and you're doing it, you know, just uh, uh, respecting um, the workplace and respecting the values of the workplace while you do it. So you must make sure that you do it with the right attitude. Uh, in doing that. So wisdom and, uh, and humility is very, very important. So what else can you do to, when you're starting a group? Build credibility. You know, if, if you don't have a good reputation, you know, nobody's going to support you when you say you want to start a staff network. So how, how can you do that? Model godly character, you know, have the right attitude, kingdom ethics, make good work, make sure your daily task and your work is excellent, minister grace and love, patience and kindness at work, mold the culture, live out kingdom culture, be a peacemaker, you know, bring joy into situations where um, the, the people are at loggerheads with one another, be a mouthpiece for truth and justice, champion fairness, be a messenger of the gospel, seize opportunities to communicate the gospel. And most importantly, pray, Lord, thy kingdom come on earth in my workplace as it is in heaven. Another important aspect of starting a group is build relationships with colleagues, with clients, find practical ways to support uh, your colleagues and to support them, to serve them and to support them. Uh, build relationships with the organizations. How can you add value? What, what as a group are you going to bring to the workplace? What value are you going to bring to, you know, to, to your to, to colleagues, to, to customers and to the company as a whole? And then build your relationship, of course, with God. Find areas of need and pray. You know, nobody has ever said, please don't pray for me. If you tell people, you tell the organization, we're going to pray for you. We see that there's a need. We're going to pray. They would say, yes, please. Thank you very much. So, you know, find areas of need and pray. And in conclusion, Billy Graham, before he died, he said something at a conference at the Luzane uh, movement in Switzerland. He said, I believe that one of the next great moves of God is going to be through believers in the workplace. That's what Billy Graham said. And I believe that to be very, very true because that is the next uh, mission field of our generation. Um, another a scripture that we can, lead, that we can um, take to heart is if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, Always be ready to explain it and do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. That is having the right attitude when you are sharing and communicating the gospel or bringing your salt, bringing your lights to the table. It must be done in a spirit of gentleness and respect. So that I believe is most of what I have to say. Dave has more to say on this. Um, his is going to bring about the technical part. So thank you very much. As um, Ron has said, um, if you need more information, please email info at kt.org. Um, and the cheerful faces that you can see there uh, is the group at Ealing Council. That is where the group met every week and uh, it was a very thriving group. So I'm going to hand over now to Dave and he is going to uh, take it on from here. So let me just uh, unshare that. Leave over to you. Hello, everyone. Um, 
Thank you for that, Elizabeth. Uh, I'll just get my slides up and there we do that. So for those who don't know me, my name's Dave Law. I'm an ambassador with Transform Work UK and I head up the Christian group in Thames Water. So um, Elizabeth asked me to talk about more practical aspects of starting a group and how Transform Work UK um, can help. And I will start by saying that Elizabeth is a fantastic resource and she's within your, with, she's within KT. Um, and one of the best people to possibly ask about these things would be to go speak to Elizabeth. But we can help as well if you would like us to. So how do you start a group? So three steps, find a Christian colleague, pray, just do it. There we go, my part's finished. I think I've covered everything I need to do. But uh, if you want to take a bit further than that, uh, we can do it. But yes, that's probably the, the scariest part is just getting over that threshold and starting. So find, pray about it, find a Christian colleague, just do it. Take a meeting room, book your lunch, go and pray. Not a lot to, more to it than to start. So as Elizabeth did just mention, um, share, there is uh, the Transform Work UK have got a booklet on starting a Christian workplace group. It covers an awful lot of what uh, Elizabeth and myself are talking about today. And um, it's a huge resource. Uh, paper copies are available from Transform Work UK, but also you can actually download it from their website. Um, so, and that's an easy fever. So what I'd ask then is you're starting a Christian group, workplace group. So what are your aims as a Christian workplace group? Well, I would suggest that your main aim is to bless your employer. Uh, God came, God wants to bless the world, and he's put us there as his hands and his feet there. And if we bless the, our employer, we are bringing God's light into that workplace. So the logistical question is, how often will you meet? Well, this is just one from our experience within Transform Work. We have found that actually weekly tends to work the best. Uh, why does weekly work the best? Um, yeah, well, you could say, should we do monthly? Well, if you miss out on a monthly meeting, uh, I'd know work, something work related comes up, then you've not been connected to your group for potentially for a couple of months and things can get stale, can get rusty. Likewise, I mean, when my group at Thames Water, when I first joined, it was meeting fortnightly. That, uh, great, you're meeting more often. But then uh, ask the question of, is it this week or is it next week? No, we find weekly is a very good one because you can you can turn around and say, well, it's every Thursday lunchtime at half past 12. Um, and what we have actually found now since we've been in lockdowns and things is there are quite a few groups that are meeting even more often than that. And they see it as a good way to connect staff um, who are working from home who might not see anybody um, most of the time. So the question there, next question in your planning a group is, who is it for? Now, at a on the surface, you would say, this sounds quite obvious. It's for Christians, isn't it? Well, the first question is, is it welcome for all Christians? And so we've got to say, uh, more unites than divides Christians. We've got to leave, leave denominational differences at the door you may your church may be very hot on what the holy spirit does and you may have a very uh, conservative church down the down the road that really doesn't like uh, talking too much about the holy spirit but you're still following jesus still come together you'll you'll find that there will be people from all sorts of backgrounds so 
within my uh, group, we have um, people like myself who are from an HTB inspired church. We have uh, Pentecostals. We have conservative evangelicals. Uh, we have Catholics. Oh, so long as they come together and they're happy, you're happy to pray together, it's all welcome. But beyond that, who is it for? Next question is, is it welcoming for those who are not yet Christians? So, I mean, ultimately, we want to say uh, we want to be part of the journey that those who are not Christians um, would be on. Can they come along? Are they going to feel welcome? Um, again, uh, there will be times where you will want to talk about things that might not always feel appropriate. But ultimately, most of what you would do for uh, would be fine for having a non-Christian along to or somebody who's very lapsed in their faith. Uh, we have seen people... Uh, come to Christ through groups like this. We have seen people um, whose faith was weak, who maybe hadn't been to church in decades, come along and build up there. I've, I was involved in presenting a webinar on Pentecost and the Holy Spirit in this last week. And one of my presenters there hasn't been actively involved in a church for 20 years, but her faith has just grown through being connected with the Christian workplace group. So next question is, as a group, what will you do? So my thoughts, the thoughts there from a purely practical point of view is the first and most important one is go beyond being a holy huddle. Now, if work's tough, it can be very tempting to just withdraw back, just pray for each other, just see this as a refuge from the secular world. No, say, no, don't want you out there. We want us in here. But well, that's, that has a time and place, but you've got to go beyond that. You've got to go beyond saying, uh, we just want a little bit of spiritual escapism um, and pray, pray for your organisation, pray for your chief executive and your board and your clients. But how, how would you go about going beyond being a holy huddle? So what we see uh, is we see groups that seek to educate them. So, what is Christmas really about? Is there more to Easter than uh, chocolate eggs and bunnies? Um, have you ever heard of Pentecost? Um, then use this opportunity to celebrate it all. So uh, to organise Christmas carols, Christmas parties, Use your resource to fundraise, um, do stuff for that. So a couple of years ago, my Christian group, we paid, for, we've raised the money and paid for Christmas dinner for um, everybody at the local um, homeless drop-in centre. Um, pray for your senior managers, pray for your company uh, you never know who you're going to get as a senior manager we've been very blessed after praying for senior managers we actually have a chief executive who is an active christian now um, and yes engage and support with company diversity structures they um the number of times i've been case of dave can you come and speak about this or that? Do this piece to camera that we can use on the company uh, internal website and things. So question there. Think about another thing to ask yourself. How will you make yourself known? Well, 
this is an interesting challenge. At a begin an early level, um, think about things like notice boards. Do you have a social notice board? Do you have a diversity no notice board? But also in this increasingly online time, do you have internal social networks in your company? Things like Yammer or Microsoft Teams can be hugely useful ways of doing this. But getting yourself connected into your diversity framework opens an awful lot of doors for that. And that's what you really want to be doing. So you get yourself recognized by the company as part of the equality, diversity and inclusion framework or whatever your company calls it. They're different names for the same thing. So within uh, this, uh, within Transform Work, we look at how to classify groups and how they are going um, and how to develop them. So I'll just take you through these and this will give an indication of how a typical group grows. So we, say, we talk about the first stage we call initial contact. This is where two Christians, even just down to two, have meet up in the workplace. They um, explore what they might do. Um, and they sort of, there is a desire there to do something. So uh, that very quickly leads into early formation. So the two of you, the two or three of you have said, yes, actually, we think it'd be good that we meet to pray. We'll do something. Uh, so you're just running things on a bit of an ad hoc basis. You're saying, OK, we'll make uh, in the workplace or outside the workplace. We'll see what we can do. Um, we don't have to take it any further than that. And in some workplaces, that will be about the level you can take it to, especially a lot of smaller organization. If you all your company has is 30 members of staff, uh, the level of early formation may be as far as your group ever progresses. But as you deal with larger organizations, uh, there are increasing ways it can grow. So organizational acceptance. So this is where you've actually gone and you've spoken to managers, even if it's just local managers at this stage, and they've said, yes, you can have this room, uh, room on a regular basis. Yes, uh, we don't mind you doing photocopying or doing emails or things. That's fine. Uh, this may still just be your local site manager or your local department manager. But, um, and that gives you a lot of things to do. But to really progress it well, you need to move up to formal recognition and integration. So this is where you're connected with senior managers and with HR and diversity. This is where you have actually properly engaged with your HR department and said, look, we are a group of Christians. We want to bless your organization. We want to be part of your diversity uh, network. We want to be an active part. We are doing things regularly um, and we are connected in. And uh, the, fine, the top layer, as we describe it, organizational celebration this is where senior managers are actually looking and say look isn't the christian group good they can really they're really doing things they're really they're they're being uh, front page of the company internal uh website uh, int um, intranet they're even getting uh, we're using them on the company um social media to say to other people how good a company we are so this is um so yeah you you engage with management uh, you're so you're building your group you've got a few people together and you say how do we do this from here so what's management's reactions 
now these are some typical ones we have seen. We don't have the time. Yes, that is not an unusual um, reaction. It's a case of uh, you're here to do a job. We expect you to do the job, turn up, um, sp spend all your hours doing your prescribed day job. And we uh, don't see you having any time or space to do anything else. We're not interested in you having time and space. Now, 20 years ago, that was a very common reaction in a lot of places. But ideas and things have changed over time. And um, this has, is increasingly less common. So there will be one of, say, you'll annoy colleagues, clients. Are you going to force uh, feed it? Are you going to go around preaching uh, are you going to go around abusing your Muslim colleague or telling your atheist colleague you're going to go to hell? That <laughs> you're going to just, it's, if you have reactions like this, it's just about being able to reassure management that, um, no, you are going to be careful. You are going to be tactful. You are, um, and you are going to, this is one where, actually having built up a good reputation yourself in the workplace is going to have make a huge difference. If managers know you, managers know that you are a good, reliable, well-balanced person who's not going to cause too many uh, upsets and things, then they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt, uh, even if they are concerned. You will find enough people enough organizations who who don't think you're legally allowed to. Well, as Elizabeth said earlier, there's all sorts of things that we can show that actually you can. Um, and if you want good arguments, um, refer back to Transform Work UK and we'll give you um, the backup you need for that. And on a similar note, we don't do religion. Again, that is a not an uncommon reaction to that one. I think there is fear that uh, within managers and HR departments that if they allow religion, they're opening up a can of worms and they will end up with religious conflict all over their workplace. So uh, you'll also get asked, what about multi-faith? Well, in itself... Multi-faith is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and we're, I will talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, but you still want a Christian group there. And the, far, the common one we just see is it's just too hard for basically for all the reasons I've just said. But then also you get the, yes, go ahead. And you're you'll be amazed how many managers will actually turn around and say, yes, fine, go ahead. Even if they've got no interest in it, uh, a good manager will say, yeah, no problem, go ahead. So you're then moving on. You're saying engaging with HR. So getting yourself recognised. So build a business case. Now, um, this is always easiest if you've actually got people within your group who actually build business cases. And there's enough Christians out there who do that. Um, and um, can do that. But ultimately, um, if you have to build a business case from your uh, on your own, uh, Elizabeth or us at Transform Work UK will always help you build that business case if you ask us to. Um, but the key things to, learn, to bear in mind is you want to frame it in terms of uh, language and terminology that HR will understand. So uh, whenever you write something down, ask your question of, is somebody with no knowledge of Christianity going to understand what I'm talking about? Because you've got to assume that your HR manager doesn't know Christianity. 
So then you had to ask, the two main things you would want is how will it benefit the company? Because if you're building a business case, you want to be able to turn around to the company and say, this is why you want us to have to be here. So the key ones here, uh, probably the biggest one that uh, HR will look at and say is recruitment and retention of staff. So uh, you'll be able to turn around and say, actually, uh, if you're recruiting, uh, st if you're trying to retain staff, happy staff, staff who actually feel that they can be open about themselves in the workplace will be the ones who stay. They won't be, they'll be the ones who are less likely to be going off looking for another job. Uh, and people like that will encourage their friends to join. Oh, I've got a friend, I've got a depart. Uh, I know somebody um, who'd be interested, who'd be interested in that role. Come and apply. It's also, do you have clients that are um, from um, across the world? Can you give, as a Christian group, can you give insights into how your customers are thinking? Um, and I noticed I, somewhere I missed... Um, I missed about three words there. Improve was supposed to be improve um, staff engagement. And this is something that uh, HR departments are very keen on. And yes, it's shown that, um, uh, that those involved in Christian groups are some of the most connected, engaged, enthusiastic supporters of the companies they work for. So what would you want from the company? What do you need? You, well, you want to be part of the EDI framework. You want to be sitting around the table uh, sharing discussions with the BAME network, the women's network, the LGBT network. You want to be sitting at that table having those discussions. If there is a multi-faith network, be part of it. You want to be part of it. You want to be sitting... Uh, with your uh, Muslim, Sikh, Hindu, Jewish, pagan things, you would like, you want to be using your common uh, connections to grow, to benefit the kingdom. And obviously, you want the time uh, and space for these meetings and the availability to, for, comms and similar so um, okay so working with multi-faith so you're looking you are looking for common solutions a lot of our world over the last uh, few decades has now reordered itself into the belief that secularism and atheism is the default so you will increasingly find that for there will be issues where you and your hindu or muslim or sikh um, colleagues have common issues coming up um you will um and those common issues you'll be ones to that you can engage together to share. But you'll also be looking and saying, look, we fully support uh, your uh, request to rearrange to allow you to observe Ramadan. Can you, um, and your Muslim colleagues should be allowing you to the same things to, for Freedom Round Easter, for instance. They're working together, sharing um, common concerns but ultimately the key thing with multi faith is allowing you as a Christian to have your own group whether it's part of multi-faith or separate from multi-faith we are not in any way suggesting 
that you should be going and spending your time praying with your uh, Hindu or Sikh or Muslim colleagues. No, you should be looking for explicitly Christian time, prayer, Bible study and support each other, but working with the other faiths where it is. So common solutions, individual prayer. And engaging with diversity, you want to be blessing and show God's love for all the other networks. God loves your uh, fame. God loves uh, the uh, your disabled colleagues. God loves your LGBT colleagues, whether they acknowledge him or not. God loves them, and. By engaging with it, you are here to show God's love to those other networks as well. And one quote, I don't know who is, but uh, this is such an apt one. We unconditionally support all workplace colleagues in their right to representation in the workplace, to support their right to be treated uh, with an absence from prejudice. We wish to love and befriend our colleagues whilst maintaining our own specific beliefs. Walking side by side, shoulder by shoulder, hand in hand, whilst not necessarily seeing eye to eye. And so as far as that's the principles here, just as far as a few bits of resources from Transform Work UK that we can help you with. I would always be happy to help. However, I am based in Reading in Berkshire, so I'm not necessarily quite in the same area where most of you are. Uh, we have got a, a team of ambassadors across the UK. In London, that's Anna and Femi, um, and their contact details is on our website. Um, also on our website, which is the main source of the stuff we have now, we've got all sorts of things about how to engage diversity, how to engage multi-faith, leaflets, ideas for groups, networking events we can point you to material you might want to use as a bible study oh that sort of thing there is loads there and likewise if you ever find new stuff and you look and think that's really good drop us a line if we if we agree we'll put it on our website so i'll just share with you to finish three stories of three groups um, that have uh, uh, three different uh, we've been connected with. So uh, firstly, IQVIA. IQVIA are a uh, fairly recently formed um, clinical research company. Um, they have been one of those that have been involved in all the trials for the um, COVID vaccinations and making sure that they're safe and work. Um, so after they came, um, after IQVIA was formed from merge of a couple of others, they decided uh, corporately that let's introduce staff diversity networks. So they introduced an LGBT plus group, a BAME, etc. But because they're American controlled, uh, they policy came down from head office in the US, said no religious groups. Well, there were several Christians there who started praying about this one. And it, it took a long time, but after five years of prayer about it, they have finally, this last, this month, a multi-faith group has started there with the aim of spinning a Christian group out of the multi-faith group. Um, so this, it's all, it's, sometimes these things take a while. Sometimes there are an awful lot of objections and problems, but the Lord works and these things do develop. Next one, Huntswood, completely different story. Huntswood is a small consulting company here. And there was a Christian group set up by three three gentlemen all called Steve 
we always thought that quite amusing there. Um, so the three Steves came together to pray. Now, because they're business consultants, writing a business case was their bread and butter. They just they put one together really easily. They were quickly recognised, and uh, the company very happily said, "Yeah, run the carol service." They invited the CEO. I'm not sure whether the CEO attended, but uh, they were involved. Um, and one story and thing to learn from this from Huntswood. Sadly, this group is no longer together. Um, and the key thing to look at is. Are you building depth in the group to keep it going? Huntswood, sadly, uh, the group's no longer running because all three of the Steves have no have left the company and gone in different directions, and um, the the group itself was never uh, big enough to sustain on there. And my final example, and this is an amazing one to tell you how it sometimes it works in a completely different way to you expect. So you may or may not have heard of MCOR UK. Um, MCOR are a multinational company that supply cleaners, security guards, catering, uh, site maintenance to multiple companies. And yes, we were actually approached in their last few weeks by their HR who wanted to know about faith groups. So um, here we go from a few Christians coming together and say, I'm approaching HR, to HR actually coming and saying, how do we start a Christian group? We think it would be good for our staff that these things, this. So they have started a multi-faith group um, and we are encouraging them and helping them to look and say, how do you then go about turning that into individual faith networks? So yeah, and I think that's me finished. Um, thank you for that. And as uh, it now back across to Ron for questions. Thank you so much, uh, Elizabeth and Dave. And it's wonderful to see so many more of you who've joined us um, while the uh, webinar has been going on. The so we are planning uh, to spend a little bit of time on question and answers. And based on my experience in, the, uh, in our past uh, webinars, this is a vital part of the time you're going to spend with us. Um, if you would like to, you can uh, jot your questions down in the chat. I've got a series of questions already. Um, if you prefer to, and we got a couple moments at the end, we, we can let you speak it out. But um, let me just, uh, first of all, some of what I've seen in the chat, these are not questions. I just want, Fumi, yes, people never say no to praying for them. So great, great comment, such a big opportunity. And uh, if your group is just about praying, that's a good start. Uh, Mackie, um, yes, those conversations where people are asking us what's keeping us going during the pandemic, what a wonderful, wonderful opening opportunity for us to begin a discussion. Uh, Jemu and Tasola, uh, move of God in the workplace, and the workplace is your pulpit? Absolutely. You'll remember in Elizabeth's first slide where she talked about the number of hours we work, the number of hours we spend with these people. We need to view this as our marketplace. Um, we've got the relationships already, so let's see what it uh, takes. Just a reminder for those of you who came in a little bit later on, there are a couple of webinars that preceded us, and they are easily available. I strongly recommend you have a look at them. Just go into our church's website, kt.org, go to KTTV, recommended, and you'll see a series of webinars. Two in particular, Elizabeth and Dave uh, met with us back in February, gave us the legal framework of uh, what we're allowed to do. Strongly recommend you do that. And that one was in February the 27th. And more recently, April the 24th, our lawyers at KT ran a webinar called uh, Salt and Light in the City. And one half of that webinar was spent on the Speak Up booklet, which Elizabeth just referred to. So if you got a moment, go back to those. They're recorded and available for you. But let's let's start with a couple of questions to both Dave and Elizabeth. And by the way, when I mentioned Dave's bio included a four-year-old daughter, we met the four-year-old daughter. So that was, I'm sure that wasn't planned, Dave. But Dave, let's, let's start with an easy question. So um, 
does this activity, the meetings and the events, does that take place within the workday or is this outside of the workday? And let's talk about that in two, two references. Dave, you mentioned the early formation process and then formally recognized by the organization. When, at what time, where do you make the time? Where do you find the ability? How, how does this actually happen? Can you help us with that? So, um, it's very much, it depends on your, the pattern of your workplace. Um, generally, uh, they happen in the workplace. Certainly, once they're recognized, you would expect that you'll be able to do it. But don't be surprised if your employer says, look, you're doing this on your own time. That's fine. So you're doing it at lunchtime then. Um, you find a meeting room or find your uh, where uh, or log out of your normal meetings and um, log in together and sit down and eat your lunch whilst you're praying together. That is probably the most common way it happens. You'll find some places where you can officially do it on company time, some places that will expect you to log out during it. Um, you will find sometimes um the uh so just seeing a comment from mackie uh, about working shifts yes this can make these things very hard to do but you can find ways even if you don't necessarily meet in person if if all your people are on different shifts uh, be inventive use use social media use whatsapp use messaging um and then, yeah, um, just just find ways to connect. Thank you. Um, if I can just draw reference to some of the points we made in the February webinar, we've got to start this journey by recognizing your relationship with your employer is contractual. Okay, it's not about the Christian or the faith groups. It's not about that. Start with, you have an obligation to fulfill your contract as part of that contractual arrangement, we're now protected by the law to do some things. And we need to be very careful to get that order right. So to, to build on one of the points that was made earlier on, you'd have a really, really difficult time being an effective Christian, not that you couldn't, but you'd have a challenging time if your performances work was struggling, for example. Okay, so I think Dave was mentioning this, you know, the whole credibility issue is such a big deal. But remember, we are governed by the contractual arrangement between you and your employer. We can, they can facilitate some things according to the law, but it's always governed by the contract. So if, for example, they choose that you have these events outside of work time, that's really their call and we need to work with that. But as you grow relationships, as you build credibility with these groups, you can expect that some of that to change. And certainly, Dave and Elizabeth, it was fantastic. Well, from two points of view, one is you're both practitioners and Kensington Temple is really proud that when we bring people to speak at these webinars, they're practitioners, they've done it. You have seen it out there. You've um, managed and been involved in several groups. So we know it happens. But secondly, Elizabeth, it was refreshing to see some of those, a good, good mix on that slide with several companies, including some very, very large companies where you're making inroads so it is possible, um, but do remember that we're beginning with the contractual obligation to the employer. Okay. Uh, uh, Ron, sorry, let me just jump in there. Um, when we were, I, I worked on a, a local council and um, we started a group. And over the years, it just evolved that every person that was a member of that group, I think some of them are even on this platform actually, that became a member of that group where, where the leaders in their department. So when it came time, we do an annual staff review and um, the, the chief executive would call out somebody and say they're the employee of the year. The employee of the year actually came out of our group. You know, there, was, there, was the, there were lawyers in the group, there were surveyors in the group, and all of them were leaders in their in their department they were not leaders in terms of not just leaders in terms of managers but leaders in terms of uh their, their ethics in terms of their their work uh um, the way they work the way they were as people they were seen as um 
you know, they, they were known as Christians, but not for, for the positive aspects that they, you know, they when, when it, during that time when they say, well, that lady is a Christian, it had a positive uh, uh, connotation because of the reputation that we had as a group. So like Ron said, you know, your work is your, that's why you're there. Do, you know, that's why you need to build credibility by the, the nature of the work that you do. If you don't, then your Christianity would be disreputed. And, and, and that's not what we're looking for. We want the Christians to be celebrated. Like Dave said, it should be a group that is celebrated by your team leader, by managers, by, by the CEO. So I just thought I'd say that. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. All right, let's, let's move on to the next question. And by the way, Julie, your question on the slides, yes. As we mentioned earlier on, if you drop your email address on the chat, we can pick it up. Or you can drop us a note, info at kt.org, and we will send you the slides uh, next week. Dave, this question is to you. That example you gave of IQVIA, Coming instructions, yeah. instructions from the US that was saying no religious groups. How does that work relative to the UK law that allows groups, given that the organization had already had other groups established that were non-religious? How does that work? We did have to point out to them that actually um, they were uh, not following UK law and they should be following UK law. Uh, it's... They will still try and bat it off as, no, this is company policy, et cetera, et cetera. But you do actually have to point out that, no, we are allowed to do this under there. And yes, um, it's, it's a lot easier for people to just hide behind company policy and things. But uh, the Equality Act does give you that leverage needed, uh, whether your HR department actually... Uh, wants to put up their fight and and fight with their bosses in the US, um, for instance. Um, but they've got that leverage. It took time, it took prayer, but it happened. Thank you for that. And, and, and my recommendation and encouragement, always do it with respect. What you want to do in your fight for some of these things is you want to be respectful to the organization, keep the relationships going, because you're going to need that as the fight gets harder. Okay, so Dave, related to that question, um, you mentioned in your slides that if somebody were having difficulties or needed some help, they could come to Transform UK. So for example, let's suppose there was a boss or an organization that was giving difficulties or sounding like they were not gonna support this concept of a faith group or a Christian group. What, what would Transform UK do that would help us in that situation? We would start off by um, encouraging you to uh, pray about it. Uh, everything has got to be steeped in prayer. Um, and then you, you've got to be able to find common ground. You've got to be able to, set, to convince the related manager that actually what you want to do isn't going to cause him disruption isn't going to um, cause a loss in your uh, productivity and things like that. And just gently find ways to work with what are his objections? Can we gently, carefully, respectfully um, counter those uh, things, both with, uh, sent with kind arguments and more, moreover, demonstrating to that manager that it's not going to be a problem. You, they may never be supportive, but there's a difference between uh, being supportive and deliberately blocking. So even if they're never actually supportive, so long as they're not actually deliberately blocking, you've got a way you can start. Okay. Yeah, pray. <laughs> So can I just clarify? So does, if, if one of us, for example, on this uh, webinar right now, if one of us needed help, does Transform UK play a coaching role? Is that what you do? Yes, ultimately, uh, we, were, we can support you. We can provide material and things, but we are not, uh, we have no authority in ourselves 
to go and do anything. Uh, when it comes to dealing with managers, I'm afraid it is going to have to be you who actually deals with it. We could give you words. We could give you um, guidance to how to do it, but we can't do it for you because uh, we're not like uh, a trade union or something like that that's actually got some form of clout to people to come in to your workplace or write to your workplace on your behalf. Okay, thank um, you. Yeah, so just clarification, the Transform UK, this is not a legal entity. Okay, they are very experienced based on the number of groups they work for, they can help us, but the contract is between you and your employer. So while Trans Transform UK can equip, uh, we would take the battle on ourselves. Thank you so much for that, Dave. Let's go on. Um, you may have answered this question in the presentation, but let's try and answer it again in, in terms of clarification. If within the workplace, you, have, you only have a multi-faith group, or that's as far as you've gotten, what's the value to the Christians for just being in a multi-faith group where you're just sitting in meetings with other faiths and that's, that, that's really as far as you go. There is no Christian group yet. What's the value of that step? You would ask then, what is the output from the multi-faith group? Is the output from the multi-faith group moving to making um, a culture that is more accepting of faith? What is the output of it? But also, if you have got a multi-faith group then you've opened the door to more christians emerging so you then say okay so connected within the multi-faith group we've got five christians okay tell you what bob sue fred and angela sure um, and shall we go off to one side and shall we start meeting and praying together if you've got a culture that opens and says, we are more than happy to talk about it, then you can build a Christian group out of the multi-faith. And I think it is just being, being a culture that is happily talks about faith, whether it's uh, whatever faith it is. Thanks so much for that, Dave. And just, just a reminder, remember that some of these um, opportunities, it's all about building relationships and, and, and we shouldn't miss those opportunities. Um, I, I know when we met in February, some came in with the, 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 the assumption that these, the Christian group is an evangelistic group and it can be that, but that's not why they're established, okay? What we're establishing is Christians coming together, expressing their faith, and if through your relationships, of natural relationships with people work opportunities may come up and more often than not it'll happen outside of work after that then you can turn those relationships into something evangelistic but the group doesn't exist to evangelize the workplace that that's a possible outcome through long-term relationships and credibility elizabeth and dave thank you so so much for your time i mean your practitioner experience comes across so clearly in your presentations Thank you so, so much for that. Uh, as I mentioned to the group, uh, this um, webinar is, gonna, is being recorded and will be up on kt.org sometime next week. I'd recommend you visit it. As I mentioned earlier on as well, if you're interested in both sets of slides, uh, drop us an email right now in the chat or just write to us at info at kt.org and we can send them off to you. Elizabeth and Dave, why don't you put your email addresses into the chat as well? Remember that, um, remember that this is an ongoing journey and uh, we're, we're blessed to have two individuals today who've seen it work in so many instances. Um, there's more to come in terms of future training and teaching. But uh, for today, thank you so, so much. Uh, we have a question from Rowan. Do you have a completed business plan to present to our HR team or managers? We can easily dig one out. Um, yeah. We can we can give the word we can yeah we can support you in putting together a business plan i think somebody wanted to say something i think we should give people the chance to unmute themselves if they have something to say oh uh, yeah i think somebody 
I think somebody wanted to share a little bit of the experience, but we, I just want to respect everyone's time, though it's 1230. Oh, okay. And so uh, I, what I'm suggesting is this is an ongoing journey. Let's stay in touch. I would love, I've got a copy of the chat. I will stay in touch with that person. But okay. Dave, Dave and Elizabeth, why don't you uh, put your email addresses in the chat for anyone who wants to stay in touch with you. And as I said, you can stay in touch with us through the church as well as KT, info at kt.org or just call me directly at the office and we'll keep the dialogue going or what we're trying to do here is to facilitate enable and to just strengthen you in your efforts to being much more a much stronger salt and light than in in the places of work where god has placed you but um let me just take this moment right now to thank every one of you who joined us on this saturday we really really appreciated you coming along these events wouldn't be the same without you if by chance there's anyone out there who does not have a home church, Kensington Temple has four amazing Pentecost Sunday services tomorrow, 9, 11, 2.30, 5.30. And we're both online and we're in the building. So if anyone doesn't have a home church, you're looking for somewhere to go, we would love to have you. So thank you so much for coming along today. Thank you, Dave and Elizabeth. Have a really blessed Saturday and we will stay in touch. Bye for now. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for coming. What's the taking your details down? Oh, it's still there. It's the comfortingfoundation at gmail.com. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Dave. That was very informative. Um, God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you very much, Sister mm. Elizabeth. You're welcome. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth and Dave. That was really informative. Thank you, much. Take it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. Thank you.